done it. Now Caruso runs a break. Caldwell Pope goes to the wing here. Play at the defensive end, got blown by back. Oh, oh yes! Hook jam! Hard step back, puts up the three, got hit, shot's good! And one! How you doing, man? You doing all right? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Skippy. My, my team's no longer in the playoffs, and so my interest has gone from avid to nonchalant. I'm sorry, what you say? I said King James wanted an early vacation, so he decided to call in. I'm, Lucky I, you. I'm pretty sure on a January episode of uh, Trey Ball, I came on here. And uh, I told you that I have the field against the Suns. And then as the play, I mean, against the against Lakers. The Suns. Against mm-hmm. the Lakers. And then as the playoffs started, I specifically uh, remember saying Suns in six. And I think you said Suns, that against a healthy Lakers team. I did say that against I did say that against a healthy Lakers team too. That's the that's even the worst part. A healthy Lakers at the time. I said Suns and Six. If they if they stayed a healthy Lakers, you would have lost that bet. But what happened though? It was Suns and Six. It was by accident. Suns came out. I went about a job top. <laughs> but we here, y'all. Welcome to fair? Trey Ball. Uh it's your boy Kendall K. Howard. And uh we got a good old disgruntled. Bucky Patrol over here. He just lost another bet today. Uh, it's still Lakers in five. Don't care about none of that. That's what they saying in Cancun. <laughs> Clippers going to be there in a couple weeks. We're saving the spot. Oh, okay. Keep, keep, Kawhi keep might already be down there because he know he ain't coming back. Keep the keep doing pina coladas cold for him. If that's the case. Um mm. But I, like I said, we just coming off of we just got done watching the Eastern Conference Finals Game One between the Hawks and the Bucks, where Trey Young put on a show against the Bucks, giving me some more money as I made the bet for them to win this game. And you know, I'll tell you this thing too: when that bet came through, or when I was when I when I uh, sent y'all the agreement, they started to warm up. I think they hit like. Like they, they made like three shots back to back to back. I was like, oh yeah, I might bet on these guys. They're still down. Oh, I might bet on these guys. And thanks to the their third quarter performance between John Collins and Trey Young, and as we as you'll probably see running around all just probably even now all on your media is the alley oop off the backboard that Trey Young gave to John Collins. We dunked on middle uh, of the br- game. I have course at crazy you know, off pick and roll too. It, it was nice. It was nice. So I was like, oh my god. I said uh, they'd be practicing that. <laughs> yeah, apparently Ken Basemore tweeted off and say that they did they be practicing that all the time and <laughs> said they'll never get it off in the game, but John Collins uh was able to pull it off. Bucket Patrol, what's your thoughts on game one as the Hawks pull away with a 116-113 win? Ice, ice, ice. That boy Trey Young is different. And I'm gonna say it again. I've been saying it, I'm gonna keep saying it. The fact Trey Young was not an all-star this year and Ben Simmons was is the most disgraceful shit I've ever seen. I said it in March. I'm saying it again in June. Stupid, dumb, 
whoever voted on that should be fired. His numbers were basically the same from last year, except like two less points. And he was a starter then, and he didn't make the team at all this year. I know James Harden and Jalen Brown ascended, and then Zach Levine got in, but come on. Like, Ben Simmons really, is also at, was on the number one seed team. It's Chris Milton getting no, in. No, I, I know. I, I get it. I, I, well, I get it because they let him in on a technicality of having a good record. Ben Simmons is also pretty good, too. We'll talk about this more, but he's with your fine. But regardless, Ben Simmons slander aside, we'll have plenty of time for that later. Got plenty to say about that. Uh, but Trey Young is a monster, dude. And I'm not going to lie. I feel really stupid because I predicted the Knicks would beat them in five. I was completely wrong. I am happy to say that because I didn't want to see the Knicks and Julius Randle and Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quigley be running away through the Eastern Conference. That was not going to be fun for me. I'd rather see Trey Young. And I am a Trey Young fan, been a Trey Young fan. I just didn't think that the Hawks were real. And I give a lot of that to Trey Young being a hell of a playoff performer. Wasn't really expecting this level of play from him for the first time stepping into the playoffs. Nate McMillan. Deserves all the credit in the world. He has his team operating at a high level. Then late pick up with uh, too. you, dummy, dummy. Indiana, the GM staff, all them people up top, they gotta go because this is y'all. Y'all let that man walk. Come on now. After we just signed him to extension too. That's a, that's a crazy. Sad, thing, sad, sad. I'd have y'all running that. suicides. But regardless, uh, Trey Young's been playing great. Lou Williams actually come off the bench and has been back in his six man bag. So he's been doing good. Danilo Gallinari's been playing. Then Kevon Herter. Kevon. <laughs> Is it Kevon or Kevon? I think it's K. I think it's Kevon. I don't know. Kevon, Kevon. He's been hooping though. He's been hooping. <laughs> he took Tyler Hero's spot as the white guy who, who hoops black. So uh, he, they looking good, bro. Honestly, the only thing that I want to happen is them to lose a couple of games so I can go to Atlanta for game six. But they look really good in game one. I, like you said, I bet against them to lose. Just because I was thinking Giannis and home court advantage would be enough for them to take game one. And Giannis had a great game. Did he have a triple-double or did he finish one assist shot? Uh, let me see. I got the stats pulled Yeah, he was one again because he had nine one assists. Assist he had nine assists. Yep. Yeah. He had nine assists like the third quarter. I was hoping he was going to get that triple. But uh, but uh, either way, though, good good win for the Hawks. I'm rooting for the Hawks to win. I'm hoping it's a uh, Suns-Hawks final. So, I, I like what I've seen there, and I think it's repeatable. I mean, obviously, Trey Young basically had 50. I don't know if he can get 50 every game, but considering Drew Holiday had a ridiculously good game, I'm not expecting him to play that well every game either. So, and Giannis played very well, too, and shot good from the free throw line, too, which never happens. So, yeah. we'll see what happens. I think it's a very even series. And I think um, that's a big pro- That's going to be a big question going forward in the series is, can other Hawks players produce uh, along with Trey Young? You know, this game, uh, fortunately, John Collins showed up with him at third quarter, uh, hitting some big shots, running a lot of pick and rolls with Trey Young, uh, especially with Trey Young having that runner on his arsenal, kind of scaring those defenders, allowing for those lobs to Capello or to John Collins in that instance. Um, Cam Reddish, who I got him right for this uh, earlier before the game, it's clear to play. He hasn't played in four months. We didn't see him touch the courts today, but they have him on the roster. Uh, we know that DeAndre Hunter went down before – and he was kind of giving them some good buckets in the Knicks series. It was hurt uh, before then. Uh, Kevin Herter, who's a guy who had a good game seven against the 76ers, only had 13 in this game in uh, 36 minutes. Uh, so, and, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who hurt his knee as well, who I thought wasn't going to play, uh, managed to play and only put up four points. Uh, so you would want 
some of these other Hawks players to, you know, come in and relieve Trey because there was times when I was watching him play and their, their offense to me, and it's a credit to them that they got so far, but it's also, I question the teams that I played them because as I, when I watch the Hawks, sometimes I see their offense get repetitive. You know, they, they thrive in that pick and roll. They, they that's their, their bread and butter is that pick and roll because usually what you'll see when they do that pick and roll, uh, most of the time, from, they'll just they'll penetrate and they'll go inside. They don't really kick out as much and shoot around the perimeter. When they have shooters, you know, they'll they'll. I feel like they only resort to kick out to their shooters only if you know and Capella's double down low if he can find somebody to kick it out to. Because a couple passes they threw out, they kind of like caught the 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 receiver off guard. He's stepping on one foot had to kick it to another guy. So I think if their offense gets a little bit better in that sense, I think they can, um, you know that can be better for the Hawks and the team going forward because Trey Young, wow, for his, for his first playoff performance, you know, for the first year in the playoffs, this man blew has my expectations, blew my expectations. Oh, yeah. I wonder, I'm curious, what are his playoff statistics right now, like as a whole for the whole playoffs? They got to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that definitely got to be because he broke his record tonight for most points scored in the playoffs before he was 39 and he dropped 48 with tonight. Assists. With 11 assists and seven rebounds. And Trey Young, Trey Young is a star. A very efficient one. Hey, Trey Young's a star, man. Oh, is 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 it already safe to say call him a superstar? <laughs> he was an. I had him as an all star this year. So oh no, I superstar, super, that. Superstar, super, super, I think. Exceeds. I think you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely superstar exceeds all star. Uh, when I think of superstar, I don't know what your definition is. But I think of an all star or superstar. I think of it as a player who, as a number one, could lead a team to a championship. The way he's playing right now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I mean, he obviously he's up 1-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals and an away game against the favorite in this series. So it's hard to bet against him, and it's also hard to say he's not a superstar, especially if he can pull off this series or at least lose in a competitive series. I, I think he's definitely earned superstar talks. He's got a lot of Steph Curry in his game, and considering – you look at his roster, and I won't say, like, it's not like a Luka Doncic Maverick situation where it literally lives or dies by him. Because obviously, in game seven, outside of, like, the end of the fourth quarter, he didn't have that great of a game. He was, like, 5 of 23 that game, I think, and they still were able to win. So it's not like this team is completely helpless without him. John Collins and Kevin Herter and a lot of these other players. Lou Williams played great. He's been playing good. And a lot of these other players, and Nate McMillan, just have this team running very well, even when Trey Young is not great. But when he's his best – this is a team that could legitimately win a championship. And they make it to the finals. I'm down to say he's a superstar and a top 10 player in the league. Definitely. Um, because he's really shown his ass off in, in this entire playoffs. And as I, and, and, and the point you made about like how this team is not like the Mavericks where Luka is really the focal point. And Trey is the focal point, but – you, as you remember, going into this offseason, you know, the Hawks, they got a lot of their players that they got now this offseason. They got they signed a guy Nari from the OKC. They got bogged in Bogdanovich when he didn't go to Milwaukee, and they was able to sign him. Uh, they was able to get Lou Wills middle of the season for Rondo when they signed him in the offseason. They signed Chris Dunn, um, and they drafted DeAndre Hunter, and they drafted uh, Oneka Okongu as well. Or they dropped DeAndre Hunter. Do you, was DeAndre Hunter this year? Is he a rookie? Or that was last year? They no, he was last year. He was last it was year. last year, yeah. Because him and Cam Reddish got drafted the same year. So they made yeah. some additions this year. Um, I, 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 watching them play, I think I see them missing. Because they was playing Solomon Hill a lot because he seems to be their defender, their, their perimeter defender type guy. Because they have scoring. 
I feel like they have it, you know, not in spades, but they have enough good hands where they have some good scores. Um, and that's where you kind of mess with DeAndre Hunter, who kind of played good on defense this year when he was able to play. Uh, so they miss him on that. But I think they're going to need some defenders going forward because you got guys like Drew Holiday going off on 30. You know, there were some mistakes made where Kevin Hurdle was going under on the screen. We should have been over because uh, Drew Holiday was hitting some some crucial shots. Uh, got two left-hand dunks, too, and blew by defenders as well, showing his quickness. Um Take us through, uh, George, because we, we was texting throughout the game. Uh, you, Jalen, and I, we was talking about it. And uh, take us through the last moments for the Bucks when they could have had a chance to tie it up. And what, what was your thought process of what they was doing and what they could have done better in order to win the game? Well, so, I mean, Chris Middleton driving on the left side, going baseline. I can't remember who was checking him. Maybe it was oh – who was, who was checking him right there? Was that – um? Was that Hunter? I don't know. I can't remember who was checking him, but uh, somebody was checking him. But he had him on his hip. He had a layup. John Collins came over to contest it, but he was kind of out of position. I feel like Milton probably could have finished that layup or at least got fouled. He's a good free throw shooter, and all he needs to do is make one to tie the game up. But he kicks it out to Pat Connaughton, who is a good three-point shooter, and he was open. So I don't hate that. But he was wide open, so I don't hate that play. But Obviously, he misses that three, and it's a different conversation when you make the play for a, a great shot when you could have had a pretty – or you had a great shot, honestly. He had a great no. shot. He passed it up for a good shot. He misses. Pat Connaughton makes that shot. It's a different conversation. It's a great play. You know what that shot – you know what that play reminds me of? The play when last LeBron year. passed a cop – To Danny Green at the top of the yep. key. Air balls at three. Yep, it did. I knew exactly what you're talking about. I, exactly talking about. I was thinking about that one. I was also thinking about LeBron in game three of 2018 when he passed the Kyle Korver in the corner or something like that. LeBron's got a lot of plays like that. He got one of Chris Bosh in 2011 like that in the corner. LeBron does that a lot, honestly. He does that a ton. So Pass first time of the day. He's going to be the all-time leader in points, so he must not be passing all that much. But – Regardless, though, you know, he makes that shot. It's a completely different conversation. It's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty, And knowing that Pat Connaughton misses that, it seems stupid. But if Pat Connaughton knocked that down, now it's a two-point game. People say, oh, it's a great play by Chris Middleton. Like, great heads-up play to keep your eyes open, find the open man. So I ain't going to really slight him on that. I personally would have taken the layup. And if I were the coach, I would have told him to take that layup. But – He's a smart player. He hadn't had that great of a game either, so he might have been thinking, you know, I'm not hot or anything like that. Maybe I should not take this. So, uh, I mean, you know, hindsight's 50-50. Hindsight's 20-20. Go to game two. Do better. So, I'm going to pose this question. Um, Because you texted me as the game was finished. You said Hawks and six. If If that was the case... Where, where do we? Where does the Bucks go from here? If, if they, if they, I don't want to, you know, I know it's kind of early to talk about it, but I, you kind of proposed it already, saying Hawks and six, and you know, coming off of that game seven win against the Nets on Juneteenth, and you know, what many probably thought that you know Booner was going to lose his job, which was mm-hmm. looking very likely if he would have lost that game. Now you got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they are right. three seed. They lose to a five seed, and the Hawks. What does that mean for the Bucks? It's hard to say, really, because they have no wiggle room. Like, they already have – they just signed Drew Holiday for four years, 120. And Chris Middleton is, what, like 5'170"? 
They supermaxed Giannis a couple months ago. So, I mean... And they signed Brooke Lopez. I think it's one of the second year of his deals. Yeah, and they, and they signed Brooke Lopez. So, I mean, they have no wiggle room. I don't have the cap right in front of me, and I'm no cap expert or anything like that. But at the same time, you can look at all those big numbers and say, well, they don't have much room for a free agency. They're not going to trade Giannis. I don't know a lot of people who are going to make a trade for a guy like Chris Middleton. He's not old, but he's older than 30. He's not really a number one for the money he's making. He's pushing 30. He's pushing at least 30. I'm not sure exactly like where. I'm thinking 32 or something like that. He can't be he's been bad. around for a while. He's been around for a while, man. He's 29. Oh, no, actually, no, I'll take it back. He's 29. Okay. He turns 30 in August. So, okay. He's been around for a while. When did he get drafted? Yeah, he got drafted in 2012. So, I mean, he's been around for a while. He's about He's 30. Leo like me. But, Lord help us all. That's the reason to trade that, man. But regardless, though, there's not really a lot of players of Chris Middleton's level or better that you're going to be able to get for him without giving up something else. Bucks aren't have, don't have any great picks because they're still a good team, so their picks are high or late in the first round. They haven't really traded and got a plethora of picks. They trade a lot of their picks for Drew Holiday. So they don't have any picks. Um, they just signed him. And again, Drew Holiday is also pushing the mid-30s because Drew Holiday is 31. Just turned 31, actually, two weeks ago. He's so, younger than I always think about him. Every time I yeah. look like when I think about Drew Holiday, because he's been he's, he's been, been around for a while. He has he's been a while. He's in, especially when he was in Philly for a minute when he was an all-star uh, during that tenure. I think he's a little bit older than what he is. Uh, I remember Drew Holiday from when I was first playing my career because I was 2K10. I remember you do the draft combine, and he was one of the players you had to play against. So Drew Holiday been kicking for a while. But regardless, though, I don't think they really – at this point, they really can't do anything. They can fill in, you know, some of these role players, seventh, eighth guy off the bench positions, but they're locked in with this core of Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Kawhi – or not Kawhi, why do I say Kawhi? Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton. So, if, if they lose, maybe you see what you can do in free agency with Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, but I doubt you can do much, so you're kind of stuck with what you got. So, you just need to make it work. Maybe shuffle Budenholzer, see if you can find a coach who can develop a better offensive system for them. And maybe Giannis finally actually develops an offensive game and stops playing like a 60 overall my player with like just ridiculous physical intangibles. But we'll see. I think they'll probably – I still think they have a chance to win this series, but it would look awful to, for them because you got to think this is probably the best chance they have to win the East because KD, Kyrie, and James Harden are going to be healthy. I imagine the Sixers are probably going to trade Ben Simmons and get some better pieces to go around Joel Embiid. The Celtics hopefully will be better. They then got, all these other they, teams. They, uh, finish, they finalized and deal with Emu Duka, if I'm saying his name right, uh, yeah, from yeah, the Nets. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I just think there's a lot of teams that are moving up in the East that are going to come and make it harder for the Bucks. And then also just look at how many people got injured this year. Like the Nets were injured. A pace is going to uh, come back. Who? Okay. Anyway, we lose it out. Karis Levert and Terry and TJ Warren most of the season. Lost Miles turn in the end. Oh my God, that really would have made the, the Hornets. You got the Hawks who the playing Hornets. good right now. Yeah, Hawks is gonna get better. The Hornets the are young Heat. and they're getting better. The Heat are gonna get better. The Celtics are probably gonna make some more moves and get better. They just traded Kemba, so we're gonna see what that the looks Knicks. like now. It's gonna be fully get the Knicks. Not gonna oh. forget about the Knicks. Don't forget about the Knicks. I ain't worried about those guys. Trust me, ain't losing no sleep about the Knicks. But but still, we hear Bucks are gonna stay pat. They're gonna stay pat. 
uh, maybe shuffle the coach and see what they can do next year. Yeah, because you like you say, this is their best chance of making it to the finals. Literally their best chance. Yeah. And I kind of am rooting for the Hawks to come in, be that disruptor, and just kind of crash the party, be that unexpected team like the Heat were last year to make it to and the, the finals. The Hawks way more fun to watch. Like the Bucks are. are not really a fun team to watch. Like, I like Giannis. But they're not really. I don't mind. I don't mind watching the Bucks. I don't mind watching them. You know, uh, as we saw a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter, the the Buck, a little bit later in the third quarter, I would say the Bucks is kind of giving the Hawks a piece of the medicine. Kind of running those pick and rolls with Giannis catching those lobs. That was pretty exciting to see. Drew Holiday had some exciting dunks. Uh, Chris Milton always can get a good shot off it. It's fun to see him get hot. He had had a couple times in the playoffs, especially in the Nets series. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're that boring to watch. But going back to to a point about where they're going to be if they lose, um, this is, this is a very crucial playoffs for them uh, because I forgot honestly that they went to these conference finals against the Raptors that year when they was actually up two zero and then Kawhi and them walked them down to go and beat them in six. Uh, so. And Budenholzer kind of began the brunt of the the guilt in these past couple of years for their success. And, you know, as they upgraded the roster, they was able to get that deal to get Drew Holiday, who is definitely upgraded from Drew, uh, from Eric Bledsoe. Um, granted, they are without Donnie DiVincenzo this year, who who is a good rebound for them and play a, a good part on their team, not the most crucial. That's like a Giannis, but it plays a, a pivotal point, a pivotal part on their team. If they are to lose this, you know, uh, who who do you go from here though? Who do you go from Budenholzer? That, that's what I'm trying to like get in my head. Like who is out there as a coach that can be? Well, I mean, Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, he's out now. Carlisle, so he's out there, right? Um, I'm trying to think, cause I'm trying to think who would be a good coach for a guy like because 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 as we because like like another point that I uh, that I made. That I said to begin the season, like Stanford Gundy for the Pelicans, it's always about fit. You know, it could be a good yeah. coach, but the fit matters. Cause who's gonna fit for that team and what they're trying to do? Because if you look at how it's currently constructed, they are built for a Bruno type team. You got, you know, a lot of guys who can shoot around. You got Giannis right there who can be that penetrator. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, if another coach comes in and use Giannis a different way. But this this is a, a must win for these guys. So if they if they are to lose it, this would be a disappointment in the Milwaukee uh, franchise. Because I was watching, they put up something early before the game. They talked about how the Bucks ain't been to an NBA Finals since 1974 with mm-hmm. Kareem and Oscar Robinson. Same way with the Hawks. It's been a long time since the Hawks went to the NBA Finals as well. So both of these teams are fighting to go to the NBA Finals. I'm rooting for the Hawks, like I said, just because they're the underdogs in this series. And I kind of like them being the disruptor. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing Giannis getting his first, you know, playoff uh, finals appearance. Uh, It'd be good for him and good for his legacy, especially at at his young age. Giannis is only 26. He's only 26. He got a lot left. Oh, no, he's still so young. He just seems like he's older because of all the hardware he's collected and how many years we've said, oh, it's Giannis' year, it's Giannis' year. But, I mean, he's young. I think at this point, LeBron didn't have a title yet. Jordan, I think, just won his first title. Actually, no, 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 no. Jordan didn't. Nope. No, nah, because he was older when he came in the league. So LeBron hadn't won yet. Jordan was still like three years away from winning. So it just looks different because Giannis was a little bit more successful on a personal level earlier than they were. But I- I'm not really overly concerned about that. And again, that's another thing you mentioned, too, with a lot of storylines. Because you look at all these teams, the Clippers, this is the first time they've even been in the Western Conference Finals. The Suns haven't been to the Finals 
since 93, 92? Yeah, it had to be 92 when Charles Barkley took them yeah, there and they Charles lost Barkley to the Suns. I mean, they lost to the Bulls. Lost to the Bulls. So 92 for them, then the 74 for the Bucks and the Hawks. I don't even remember last time the Hawks won a championship. I can't even think of it. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, whoop. I can't even think of when that would yeah. be. I gotta be like way. I, it back. has to be when Pistol P was there, probably. I'm look. Are you looking it up? With that? 1950, 1958. I was before Pistol. Oh God, I was before. Bro, that's P. what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know who was on this team. Like, was that like the team with Lou Hudson or something? Like, I don't even know who's on that team, bro. But exactly. So I mean, either way, no matter who wins this year, it's gonna be some kind of history or something very. Um, very new to the league. I personally want the Suns to win because I want Chris Paul to win a championship. I feel like a whole bunch of other players, Giannis is young, he's got chances. Trey Young's got chances. Even PG and Kawhi got more chances, but I feel like Chris Paul, this is probably the... I keep saying this for Chris Paul because I said this when he was in Houston too. And obviously, you know, three years removed, he's doing fine for himself. But I feel like this is really his last chance because it's only going to get harder from here and he's only getting older. So I want the Suns to go ahead and do it. And plus... As a Laker fan, it looks a lot less worse to lose to the best team in the league than to lose to a team that loses. Because we can say, hey, we lost to the Suns, but they beat you too. So can you really say anything to us? So, Suns and four. <laughs> only because they make the Lakers look better, huh? Only, Not only. The, no. <laughs> Not only. But it's part of the reason, huh? I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I told you that, I told you this in May, bro. After we lost, I said I'm rooting for the Suns now because if the Suns beat everybody, then we look less bad. I told you this all the way back when we lost in May, bro. And I'm sticking with my guns. All right. So since you want to talk, since you're sticking with your guns with the Suns, let's talk about them and, and the game they just had uh last night against the, the Clippers. Now I watched this game up until like a little bit in the fourth quarter. I fell asleep. I literally woke up, and me and you was talking about this before the show started. I literally woke up as that inbound play was happening with Jay Crowder through the down famous lob to DeAndre for the game winner, which is something that, which is something that we absolutely don't even really see in uh, real life. You like you and I done it to each other a couple of times playing two K. Two K. That's a two K lob. That is a two K lob right there, and especially. And I think, you know, people talk about just the difficulty of it, too, because it wasn't like he was on the sideline throwing the lob to him. He was underneath the basket throwing the lob to where uh, DeAndre had to come off a, a back screen down low. And oh, yeah, he had come off the back screen, and Zubac kind of got lost on that screen in campaign, and DeAndre didn't call that lob. Uh, but the game that's is Jay, general. That's Jay Crowder throwing that pass, too. Jay Crowder ain't no Chris Paul either. So even yeah. off the pass itself, pinpoint – on the money from a player not really known for being a playmaker. And apparently, um, Monty Williams said, we've never really practiced that play. I just told them during that. That's another thing, too, we should talk about, like, the whole TV – well, not TV timeout, but the instant replay stuff and how that went went down. That was a whole fiasco. Well, but, but, yeah, because I was asleep throughout all that, so I didn't I didn't have to endure that stuff. I was asleep during that. That's probably where my, slip, my nap felt so You didn't long. miss much. It was like, bro, it was like literally <laughs> – 30 minutes worth of instant replays for like five different plays. Because so. I, I fell asleep around like the eight-minute part of the fourth quarter, and I promise you it didn't. It felt like a while when I was asleep. And I like I literally woke up as the play was happening, so I, it must have been a long time out. But um, this 
like you said, like it was Jay Crow throwing that pass, and that's a credit to the Suns, who've been playing good these past two games without uh, Chris Paul, or who who is on COVID protocol right now, who is uh, clear to come back for Game Three. Uh, campaign, who I mentioned, campaign. who who set who set that screen for uh, running for twenty nine points and nine assists. Playing well, you know, very he 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 plays like he's belong he belongs in the league. You know, he he's kind of shopped around the league for a little bit, played for three different teams, was out the league, played in China, came back in. He actually played against uh, our high school, Mel dropped forty of us on us our sophomore year in high school. Uh, so he he's got some connection right there. Uh, campaign really showed up, really showed up big for the Suns in Chris Paul's absence. And one thing I credit the Suns team for, I'll pass it off to you to talk about him. Is they are they're young, but their mentality, they all have that. They all playing like veterans, you know. They like literally the majority of the team is young. Like the only veterans you really have on the team is is you know Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, you know. And, and you you are you throwing Kaminsky in there or is he still a young guy? He's been in the league for a minute. No, like the rest. The he hasn't really of, done anything. No, he ain't really seen no real playoff action, though. So even still, he's been in there by experience. But in this scenario, in this circumstance of like Western Conference Finals, nah, it yeah. really don't even matter at that point. Yeah, because they're a young team. I want to say them and maybe the Hawks. I got check Clint Capella. I think he's still under thirty. They they probably like they are the two teams in this uh, and that's left in the playoffs to have their best players is under 30, you know, minus Chris Paul for the Suns. But right. as a team, as a collective, and Monty Williams is a credit for this too, they they really have that it factor. Like going into the season, excuse me, who ate a sandwich during the game? A little gassy over here. Um, we didn't really expect the Suns to really be this good. We like I think you have him as a four seed coming into the season, and as a four seed in the first second round exit. Yeah, at best we didn't see them coming out doing what they're doing right now, and to where at this point currently I think they won the championship. I think they got it. Like I don't even like it could be the Bucks came out the East, it could be the Hawks came out the East. I think these guys got it now. I think the Suns have the championship on lock, and that's good. Like that's that's great for the organization. That's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great. Point a great, just a great story for Chris Paul, who finally, if he gets his championship, I don't want to call it too early, but if he gets his championship, mm-hmm. what this means to him and his legacy to finally go to a team that he chose, mm-hmm. and he'll be single handedly the reason why they won a championship. Because even throughout his whole entire career, well, we're not single handedly. I want to say single handedly. He changed their organization around. They won't go to the. They won't go to the NBA Finals without him. That's fair. That's fair. Because they could, feel like there was a natural progression. Because he's seen. You've seen signs of this when they were in the bubble and they went eight and no. Yeah. So I don't know if they would have been well, definitely they wouldn't have been this good. But I don't want it to be like a full carry job. Like when he was in OKC last year and they went seven games with the Rockets in the first round, that was a carry job to me. Well, Shay, okay. a whole bunch of other players played, but but to me, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, a lot of these other players, I think they were already trending this direction. And then Chris Paul was like that last piece they needed to add to really skyrocket this thing to where it is now. So he definitely deserves a lot of the credit. And in my opinion, even though I think Devin Booker is the best player on this team, I think Chris Paul is definitely the most important. Let me give it to you like this. So how AMC stock is shooting up right now, how originally you would think, oh, it's going to trend up anyways because everybody's going to the movie theaters, this and that, and the third. Lord behold, you know, something else going on behind the works where 
people in the community are starting to get behind the stock that has been extremely shorted for years. It's the most shorted stocks and it's skyrocketing to probably be one of the biggest stocks in the in the of all time. That's Chris y'all Paul. Annoying me now that y'all, y'all, y'all annoying me now that y'all actually know stuff about investing. Y'all, y'all just annoying me now. Y'all need to stop smart. <laughs> Goodbye, bro. Goodbye. Y'all new to this. Y'all ain't true to this. Man, you, man, why, why does it matter, bro? We all own. Why does it matter? Anyway, we all, we all, bro. We all. <laughs> Anyways, so. Chris, I, I would, I agree with you on that. I wouldn't say it's not a like you know he ain't putting it. To, he ain't on a Luka Doncic or right. ain't no carry job. No, ain't, ain't no Luka carry job. But, like but he is, but he is the main reason. But he is the main reason why they would win the championship. Yeah. So it's, it's he's a catalyst. He's definitely a catalyst. So he's I'm fed a, them up through the process. I'm on, okay. As we're talking, about, I'm gonna pass this off to you about you know the Suns. What have you been seeing from them so far in the playoffs, especially in this series that makes them so good and makes them you know what we are talking about being poised to win the NBA championship. I think it really just comes down to that poise. They show this mental toughness and veteran level of experience that you don't see from young teams like this. I'm looking at their best players, DeAndre Ayton, 22, Devin Booker, 24, uh, Michael Bridges, DeAndre, 24. DeAndre Ayton shooting, like, I think, 64% from the field the entire Bro, playoffs. And, he, and, like, he's doing this against pretty solid players, too. Like, Jokic isn't really known for being a great defender, but I mean, he's still a big body. It was absolutely And AD, and AD and Andre Drummond, he's putting up, like, 80% from the field against them for six straight games. I mean, that's it's nuts. But you look at the team, they're all young. Like, their main rotation outside of Chris Paul is all below 30, except for Jay Crowder. So, I'm just really impressed by this team. And then with a lot of young teams, you see them get leads and blow them, or they get put down – early and then they stay down but with the Lakers in game six I was watching it live right here in this seat and watch Devin Booker put like seven threes on us in the first quarter in game six in LA so I was thinking oh you know they're a young team they're not gonna come out with that level of energy at first they're gonna let us play around with them and we might be able to sneak away and get game six and beat them in seven with with clutch James and then we didn't even get a chance so <laughs> and then same thing with Denver I was thinking, well, oh, you know, they up 2-0 on Denver. Oh, yeah, I didn't think they were going to get swept. Now, that's like, serious. I knew Jamal Murray was injured, and I knew that they were going into that series depleted. And I I can't remember what I predicted for that series, but I, I was thinking in my head, Suns would probably win this like 6-7. Yeah. But to sweep them and handily sweep them, too, I was handily. not expecting that. Yeah. Handily. And then even though Kawhi is not playing, as much as you think I hate Paul George, like this is still a good team, and Paul George is no slouch. And they were in L.A., both of those games. So I was thinking, you know what? Okay, L.A. might snag one of these. And if Paul George didn't choke those last two free throws, they might have. But no, that, was fe- that was in Phoenix the first two games. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, no, 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 you're right. My bad. I'm tripping, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. Yeah, they were in Phoenix the first two games. And I was thinking in my head, like, you know, the Clippers will probably come through and steal one, maybe steal one of these and then go back to L.A. to be able to take – the next two, especially if Kawhi comes back, I don't know what his status is. I haven't really heard. He's not exactly in the game three years right now. Yeah, have they announced like what his injury is? Because at first it said it was a torn ACL, but it's not a torn ACL, but it's an ACL related injury. I want to say it's but, a. I heard it was yeah. something ACL related, but it's not torn ACL. I'm gonna go ahead and keep talking. I, I, I got it up right now. Yeah, but um, I'll give them credit. Um, they just played like they yes, want me. to win. It's an yeah, someone is knee, someone is knee. Like meniscus or ACL, I'm not 100 sure. But regardless, though, they play like they want to win, and they want to win now. They're not playing around; they're just going for the jugular from jump. And 
again, this team has some real NBA final potential. I thought maybe they beat the Lakers. Oh, they were hurt. They were this, they were that. And then they played the Jet, the, the Nuggets. And the Nuggets were also injured because Jamal Murray was missing. But still, they played good in the first round. And Jokic had just won the MVP. So I was expecting them to at least put up a fight. And they sweep them. And they've looked good against the Clippers this first these first two games without Chris Paul, too. So I don't know how they'll fare against the Bucks or the Hawks. I think the Hawks would definitely be a better matchup for them. But I'm not betting against the Suns. So you kind of touch on a little bit as we as you you know as we kind of praising the Suns a little bit for what they've been doing. Let's let's kind of give some praise to the Clippers who are making it right now without Kawhi Leonard. You know they've been out. They've Beat been the Jazz. Them, yeah, they've been down since Game Four uh, against the Jazz in that series. And Paul just had a good game in Game Five where he dropped thirty nine points and they was able to pull out in Game Six behind Terrence Mann's thirty nine points. And Playoff Paul man. I think uh, Paul George had thirty four that game. Um, now in this series, you know, last night was definitely the game that should have they should have won. You know, a constant for them that that's been a shocker to me because uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson, he wasn't even supposed to come back to this team after the offseason. He was kind of thinking about going away. He was kind of convinced by Chauncey Billups and Ty Lue and them to stay. And he's been a, a, a very, very important piece for this team. Definitely he's a starting point guard and the way he's playing right now and the way he's been kind of carrying the Clippers at times on offense. Um, he's, he played a big part as the team as a whole. They're very tough. The Clippers are, you know, they got great depth. They got a lot. They got a lot of players they can just toss out there, uh, and they're very persistent. And that's one thing about Ty Lue. And you know, there was a stat they pulled up the other day to talk about Ty Lue's, you know, record when he goes to the teams and how he changed them around. Uh, you know, when he was at Cleveland, underrated coach, very underrated. Coaches don't get any credit when they work with LeBron, but Ty Lue has shown he can play and he can coach with normal players. I mean, I'd say Paul George and Kawhi are known players are great players, but you you know when you have LeBron on your team, it's hard to say, well, was it you or was it LeBron? But he's showing it was definitely a little bit of him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say that argument could be even be true because nobody's ever came in from a 3-1 before. Like, so... Talu has to get some credit for that. He has to. And he's looking at it now. He's definitely going to get that credit for what he's doing with this team because give him praise. I'll give him props for what he's doing. You know, he'll, he'll rotate guys out the lineup. He'll throw different lineups out there all the time. Like, I think mm-hmm. even last year, I don't even think Terrence Mann started. So, kudos to him. And for, you know, I think what his big key attributes as a coach <laughs> is bringing the best out of players and bringing that, you know, that, t- that will to want to just push for more, even when they feel like they don't have anything left. Because these guys, you know, the Clippers, they, they've been playing for the long haul. They've been – and they they went to six games last series. Games, they went to game seven, the first series against the Mavs. And, you know, this series might go to seven itself against the Suns. They're already down 2-0. But they always stay in the game and stay in the hunt. They don't ever give up, even now without Kawhi being there for them. Um, they're still playing very well. Uh, you got guys like Luke Kennard showing up. Batum, who's been a big part for them uh, playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Reggie Jackson is there. Uh, I wish they had Sergi Baca there because I feel like on defensive end for the big man, Zubak is not that type of guy for them. Um, he, I, would, I will give him guy. credit. He has gotten better offensively. 
there were some plays I saw in that last game against the Suns because one of the things that even Ty Lue pointed out to him was that his hands, he needed to get better at his hands. You know, the people, they was kind of, they ripped him, they ripped him a little bit when he was coming for a dunk. He's a little bit soft on that, but he he gets some hard slants. But as, as far on defensive end, that's Luca's favorite person to see on defense. And it seems like he'd be like anybody's favorite person to see, even DeAndre Aiden as a big inside. Um, so I think Serge Ibaka would have helped him on the end. I know he's not the Serge blocker that we know from back then, but kind of have him there and he's able to switch off on defenders. I think it kind of would have helped them more, but the Clippers are always there. And that's why I'm not losing faith in them in this series going forward. And, um, Going to the next game is going back to LA. I think they're gonna take game three. I think that I think they got game three coming up. Um, because they were just so close to win game two. They they were so close. And you would I don't want it to be a quick series. Um, like I want them to be there for a long time, not a good time. And granted, you know, they are without Kawhi, they are without Sergi Baca. So that is something to, you know, keep in mind and not oh, like to at least alleviate some of that uh some of that criticism that people like you like to give to the Clippers and Paul George and all them. So valid criticism. Don't forget the word valid. Anyway, very important. That's, that's what I think about, you know, the Clippers. Cause I think they can still, they still got a chance to even possibly win it. You know, if, if the series goes a little bit longer, Kawhi comes back, you know, who's to say where the series goes from there. Uh, I mean, at this point, everybody who is still in the board on the board has a chance to win. Everybody has a case. I would agree with you on that. I think that I think everybody does. All right. So with that being said, as we are down to our last four teams, um, let's talk about. I because we was gone for the last three weeks. I was gone doing some training and had a little personal time off before then. Um, some playoff letdowns. Um, I think the biggest one that everybody been talking about this week, following their game seven loss against the Hawks, is Ben Simmons. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you. St- I'll, I'll. I'll give you the floor, and then I can go off that. Go ahead and speak on what you think about Ben Simmons and his game seven performance, and who he is as a player. You know, before I say anything negative about Ben Simmons, let me say some positive things because I don't want to feel like all I do is complain about players. I feel like I'm starting to turn like Jeff Van Gundy, and all I have is negative things to say. I don't want to do that. <laughs> he is probably the best perimeter defender in the league. I think he's the best. I mean, you can make the argument he's the best. There's not really all that many great defenders these days anyway. You said him as defensive player of the year with me earlier on this show. I did. I did. I think he definitely is defensive player of the year. I mean, compared to what Rudy just did, I mean, it's not like anybody else was less deserving than that guy. So, I mean, my God, I mean, they're giving out defensive player of the years and like cereal boxes. Rudy Gobert is getting 40 put on him by anybody he checks. Then Giannis is afraid to check KD. He's sticking with Joe Harris who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a handful of pebbles at point blank range at this point. <laughs> He's not afraid to check KD. Like, where are they getting these defensive player of the year from Happy Meals or something? I don't know. What about Draymond? Draymond ain't... He's a vocal leader and he plays great team defense, but you would see anytime they play LeBron when the Cavs and the Warriors were going to the finals, it was never Draymond checking in. It was always Clay. It was Andre Iguodala. How are you going to be defensive player of the year? And you're the same size. It'd be one thing like, oh, he's 6'3", LeBron 6'8". He's also 6'8", but he's not checking LeBron as defensive player of the year. So anyway, I ain't going to talk about all that. Point is, Ben Simmons, good defender. Great passer, great rebounder, controls the pace of the game, controls the pace of the game, does everything a floor general needs to do. However, at 6'10. 
at six at six ten at six ten. However, and I said this is rookie year because in my opinion, I felt like Donovan Mitchell should have won rookie of the year. I said this all the way back in what was that twenty seventeen, and I said Donovan Mitchell should win it mostly because the Jazz were just a worse team. And I feel like twenty eighteen twenty. It was 2017, 2018 sure? season. No, it was 2017. Are you sure? Cause yeah, because I, I was – no, nah, they, okay. they got drafted 2017, but the rookie year would be Oh, but it won 2018. Okay, you're right. You're right, you're right. So, I said back in 2018, I said, well, to me, Donovan Mitchell can just do more. Ben is very limited. Like, he's 6'10", he's fast and athletic, and he gets away with that a lot. But I he can't shoot, but there's no way he can't just never learn how to shoot. Like, there are some players, the Giannis's, the Westbrooks, who are never going to be great shooters, but at least they can shoot. Westbrook was a good shooter at one point, I may add. But continue. I don't think he was. He wasn't a good shooter, but he, he was in a high 30s. Competent. I'll, I'll take the word for that. I don't remember it. MVP season. Though, he shot over 30. He was high 30s. I don't know about all that. Keep talking. I'll look it up. But regardless, you can look it up. But the point is, oh, he'll develop. This man, Ben Simmons, over four years, has genuinely not really gotten better. He's gotten better defensively. Like, I guess, like in terms of just being able to read NBA defenses, he's gotten better. He hasn't really struck me as a better floor general. He's been equally as good of a floor general when he came in the league. He's averaging about the same amount of rebounds. He's always averaged. Go ahead. You said you got the stats. What did he average in 16, 17? 34%. That was his highest uh, three-point percentage for his career. Okay. That's not – that's literally below league average. But regardless, good good for him. Great, Russell. Good shot. Uh, better than Ben Simmons, so give you that. Not saying much. But <laughs> this man literally has not improved at all. And then it's one thing to just not improve and not be able to shoot. Because shooting is not everything. I feel like people get so caught up in this new NBA that everybody has to shoot. People get on Giannis because he's not Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant is one of a kind. He doesn't need to be Kevin Durant. He can score 30 with 13 rebounds and five assists a game just doing what he does. And if he can get a championship that way, then that's fine. I don't know if he can, but if he can, who cares? Everybody don't need to be a seven-foot unicorn who can put the ball on the deck and shoot 40-foot fadeaways off like a cross tool. Don't matter. But Ben Simmons is literally costing the Philadelphia 76ers all of these playoff games. He's been doing it since his rookie year against Boston in the semis. I think that was his rookie year. He literally had a game. He had one point, bro. One <laughs> point. One. One. That means literally you got two free throws and you split, and that is it. No field goals, no nothing. Then this year, trash. Last year he didn't play. But I mean, let's talk about this. Let's just talk about this year. I don't want to get caught up in the weeds of all the things Ben Simmons has done in his career. This is lengthy. This man in seven fourth quarters, in seven fourth quarters, shot the ball, I believe, seven total times. Less than that, actually, I want to say. I think it's probably like... What? It might have been less. It might have been four. It might have been four. four, actually. I think it was... I think, I think he only I, had like... I think, he might only have four points total in the entire bro, seven games. Like, four? Four? Are you a blonde kid in the codename kids next door treehouse? Four? Four? Number four? Come on, bro. Stop it, Ben. Stop it. Stop it, man. And then... Literally, the play that really summed it up for me, and that's at that point, as soon as I saw this happen, I just realized 
This man literally needs to pack his bags the second he gets to the locker room. If I was Joel Embiid, I would literally backhand slap this man. When he had a wide open dunk, and this man literally just had with his 6'10 self, literally just jump and dunk, just dunk like you're in the paint. You can do that. He only did you know he only shot one shot outside the paint this entire playoffs? Not not series, playoffs. Seven games in this series, and then what was it? Five games in the last one. Yeah, one shot out the paint, one shot, one singular shot. Pitiful. But this man was wide open on a dunk, and instead of dunking it, he literally throws the ball. So I think it was Matisse Seibel, who was yeah, it was who had was two Thibel. defenders on him, who had two like Seibel didn't even know what to do. He literally just like threw up some whatever shot. And luckily got fouled. He's like, bro, why'd you even pass me the ball? It reminds me of this like Supreme Dreams RDC World skit where a dude is just passing the ball on wide open layups because he don't want to shoot. And he's getting mad at his teammates for not being able to shoot, for not scoring off his passes. Like, bro, why would you pass the ball? You're literally wide open. <laughs> More of the story is Trey Ben Simmons for literally a rusty nail, a handkerchief, and a half-eaten bag of lays. And somehow you'll still get stiff on the deal, Philly. Also, let's talk about Doc Rivers. You want to talk about disappointment? This man, Doc Rivers, is one of the most overrated coaches of all time. He's blown the most 3-1 leads of all time. He's blown the most 20-point leads of all time. He genuinely somehow is literally a magnet for leads blown. And at first I thought, okay, well, maybe that I think, I think he has a record Clippers for most games and losses, too. He does. He does. He has the most. He has the record for game seven losses. He has the record for twenty point lead loss. He has the record for three one leads blown. Like if there's a record for playoff leads blown of any kind, Doc Rivers probably holds it, guaranteed. I'll bet money on it at this point. So you want to talk about disappointment? That guy. And at first I was thinking, oh well, it's the Clippers curse because he blew a three one lead in twenty fifteen with Chris Paul and Bob City. Then he blew the three one lead last year with the Clippers against the Jazz. But I figured, you know what? This year, Hawks. Surprise team, but they really shouldn't have been able to beat the Sixers. Joel Embiid played well. Ben Simmons was there, and he's a good defender. He can't score for shit for reasons I just outlined, but, I mean, he's 6'10", defending Trey, and he did a decent job, but still, Trey Young didn't even play good in Game 7. Somehow you find a way to lose it, and you really lost that series in Game 5. You you lost Game 7. Yeah, you lost Game 7. But you really lost the series in game five. Because if you win game five, you win the series in six. So um, that that's definitely playoff disappointments. I spent a lot of time on that, so I'll skim through the next ones. But um, it's not really a playoff disappointment. But I actually was a little disappointed to see the Nets get injured the way they did because I wanted to see them actually, you know, make it to the finals. Now, hold I on now. Really- I, I, I was going to share some thoughts on Ben Simmons before you start rambling now. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. You go, go ahead. See anything. Now... <laughs> Ben Simmons has been a disappointment. I can't argue with you on Doc Rivers and what he and his record and what it shows. Uh, I still think he's a good coach, but uh, these numbers ain't they, they're not looking too good for him and, and proving his case of really being a championship coach because he only won one championship with Boston. You know, they everybody likes to talk about that championship so much. That happens, but that teams at that exactly. Uh, but for Ben Simmons, you know, for the hate that he was getting after that game, um. I think it was deserving to only to a certain limit. I don't think Ben Simmons is not – I don't think he's an unuseful player. He still has a very – I mean, you was talking about this before the show, just in general since it happened. There is a use for Ben Simmons. 
I think he's not trash. He's not. I think his problem is like how Giannis is at least trying to shoot. Like I was watching the game today. Giannis pulled up a three at the very beginning of the game. Like Giannis will at least try to shoot. His form ain't perfect, but he at least try. He at least works on his free throw. Like they will show a percentage where his free throw percentage got better throughout the season. He shot like shit in the, in the Brooklyn series, but at least shooting better in, in general his free throw. You know, it may take him about 15 seconds to do it, but he at least tries. So I feel like people, while we know Giannis can't really shoot, we don't give him as much hate because we know he at least try and he's getting better at it. Ben Simmons doesn't even try. Ben Simmons just try. needs to try. And kind of like he kind of has that, you know, a confidence shake. He kind of like Markel did, you know, same work. They came from the same organization as well. And it's 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 it's, it's, it's just confusing to see because you see a guy like Ben Simmons who you think you're supposed to be in terms of skill set. Kind of the next LeBron. He has it third. Like he really just only needs mm-hmm. to shoot. That's really the only thing he needs to just do. Because he, he won't. But he won't even do he it all. Won't. Can he like at least try mid range? Like I've seen Ben Simmons shoot a couple no. of mid ranges maybe before, but that's his real problem. So it was disappointing to see that the game was so close and was on the line. And you have Joel and B was out there playing on tournament meniscus as well. And you really just have to, like, you really just have to show up in that fourth quarter for him when they need you the most. He can't even do that. And does it every playoffs? It does. It happens. Every, it happens every time. Semifinals, the second round every year. I can't pull it up right now because I can't think. But I remember he did the same thing in Boston in 2018. I think did the same thing. I can't remember who they played in 2019. Was it? Man, 2019, 2019, that's when they played the Raptors. That's when the shot happened. Yeah, I don't remember how. Yeah, you're right, because that's when they had Jimmy Butler. I can't remember. Yeah, he didn't really play that much because he was, like, third option once they got Jimmy Butler. So he really didn't do much. That's not really his fault. He kind of got phased out the offense. 2020, he was hurt. But I I just think at this point, because, again, Ben Simmons is not trash. I say all this to say that what's – disappointing about Ben Simmons is not the fact that he's not good, but it's the fact he is good, but he has the potential to be great. And he's just not improving to get there. He's, well, he's the same guy. And he's been at he, like, he has. Go ahead. Right. Like, that's the thing that annoys me. He's the same guy that he was when he was a rookie, except he's a better team defender. Like, that. that's really he's it. He's a better on-ball really defender himself. Now, don't just say team he's defender. A better, yeah, he's a, he's a, he was already a good on-ball defender, though. So my thing not is that like, like he is now. Well, no, he's elite now. He's elite now. But same time, like, he hasn't really improved anything except defense. And that's really just understanding, positioning, and player tendencies. And that's just an experience thing. So in terms of things you actually really got to develop, develop, like, what what does he improve? Is he a better passer, better rebounder? Definitely not a better scorer. I mean, he, he's the same guy. He's literally the same guy. The Chris so, Brown the NBA. Literally, just – Put out albums, you know exactly what you're gonna get. It ain't nothing new. It's not bad, but you're not really gonna be looking for it opening day or a release day thinking, bro, it's the hottest thing that's coming out this year. Man, he's really reinventing the way he has his style. Oh, he's got new production, like oh, another little shoulder lock pop. Oh, okay. Good one, good one, Breezy. I'll see you next year. Bad. But hey, maybe he gets traded. He needs to go, like I think he just needs to go get traded somewhere. He needs to go somewhere new. And they use him differently. I genuinely believe, especially in this new NBA, that if you take Ben Simmons and make him a small ball center, he will be phenomenal. Like make him a better Draymond Green, 
Literally, he'd be great. He would be great. He don't need to shoot. He can play off ball. He's a great. He's a great cutter. That's everything he's improved. Today. So his off ball movement is really good too. So you put him on a team where he doesn't need to shoot. You build around him kind of like how you build around Giannis, but have a dominant ball handler who can score. Like if you put him with Dame, or you put him somehow with the Warriors, or you put him, man, even if you put him like the Celtics or something like that, made him the center. I would love that. I think that would be great. That would be a great Ben Simmons fit. That'll be that'll be a conversation for a different time. But go ahead. Who else uh, you got for uh, disappointments that you saw in the playoffs so far? Um, this doesn't really count as a disappointment, but I was a little disappointed in what happened with Brooklyn just because um, they got you know fucked by injuries at the end there with James Harden and Kyrie, and they still win seven games and. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Any hate that I've sent KD's way, that guy's a hooper. Like, trust and believe. That boy's a hooper. i never say anything negative about KD as a hooper ever again. So, I didn't think he could really carry a team like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I was one of those people who said, oh, he's never had to do it like LeBron did. He's never had to be really He's done it before. Solo it, now, I'm going to cut you off. He did it in 2014. Is... He did it. He did it in 2014 when Westbrook okay. was injured. But that was in the regular season, and they had no playoff success. So I didn't really count that. But he showed me something this year, so I'll give him that. Um, but that was a little disappointing. I don't really have a lot to say about that. It's just injuries. Like, you know, you can't really control that. Same thing happened with the Lakers. They're disappointing for the same exact reasons the, the Nets were. They just had injuries, and they just ended up being injured at the wrong time. Um, there really weren't that many disappointments for me, honestly. Um, everything that happened so far has made sense to me. I thought the Mavs and the Clippers series was as good as I thought it would be. A little bit better, actually. I didn't think it was going to go to seven. The Hawks surprised me. What about the, the Knicks heat? disappointed me, but I expected to be disappointed. Um, well, yeah, I will say the Heat. Okay, so yeah, I, thought it be, I thought it was going to be Bucks and six. Um, I thought the Heat were going to lose anyway, so I'm not overly disappointed in that. But they went out real sad. And the thing is, the Heat – didn't play well in the regular season. So part of me was thinking, well, the Heat weren't really showing me that much. But they didn't show me that much last year either. So I figured, eh, they'll probably just pick it up when it needs to be picked up. Jimmy Butler is a playoff performer. I feel felt like Hood Hero was going to show back up in the playoffs. Bam Adebayo was kind of a non-factor. So Calm, Hood they're kind of disappointing. Hood Hero. <laughs> Hood Hero. Um, but eh, so not really that many disappointments for me. What about you? Um, I would say for me, disappointments, kind of the same thing that you are. Uh, I affected, you know, once once Kyrie went down with an ankle injury, once he stepped on Giannis's foot, uh, <coughs> it kind of was hard to see the Nets kind of go to the finals because James Harden was already battling the injury a little bit, and KD was like pulling. God, that man was. I want to give KD his credit because this man did just come off a tour and Achilles injury. And it seemed to go through the playoff performance that he was doing, bro. Could have fooled me. He could have fooled exactly. me. Kevin, no, Kevin Durant is unreal. So it was disappointing not to see them to go to the finals like I expected. But a toe, a toe away from the finals. I literally saw some on Twitter because he wears a 17, a size 17 shoe. I literally saw some on Twitter that said if he wore a size 16, his foot, his shoe would have been small enough that it would have been a three instead of a two. Just one size smaller foot would have been a three. That's how close they were to winning game seven. 
Oh yeah, no, X Shot was very close too. Um, I really don't care about the Knicks and how they lost because I kind of I had the Hawks win that series anyway. Like the Knicks were never that good to me. Like they was, I would watch them throughout the regular season. I was like, I, I was still. I'm like, why is this team winning? Like, what is this? Like Julius Randle, respect to him. <laughs> But something about me just looked at. I'm like, this ain't real. This ain't legit enough for me. This this still ain't legit enough. And obviously, right. they got proven. Ain't no star power. Yeah, yeah. And, and it got proven even more in the playoff. Julius Randle was a no show. So it's kind of disappointing to see his play. Uh, the way that he played in the regular season, that was kind of disappointing to see. Um, like I said, the Heat on the Western Conference side. Um, I already had the Suns getting this, getting getting the Lakers. Um, the Grizzlies, I wish they probably would have won one more game instead of just losing. Uh, instead of just winning one game, I wanted to win another one. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the ones that I have so far. I mean, if you want to go disappointments, I feel like the Jazz should have been a bit more competitive with the Clippers when Kawhi got injured. Yeah, you I got, think, yeah, because they had, they lost both of those games. I feel like with no Kawhi, you were already tied to two. You need to win at least one of those games, especially game five at Utah. You got to win that. So that's that was a little unfortunate. I'm not overly in my feelings about that. But if I just want Donovan Mitchell to succeed, to so him not succeeding, especially when he keeps blowing these leads, because Donovan Mitchell keeps blowing leads. And I hope this is not a Donovan Mitchell thing. I hope it just keeps happening. But he blew a 3-1 lead against – uh, Denver, Denver in the bubble last year, and he just he didn't really blow this lead. But in my way, in my mind, he kind of did blow it because they lose their best player. You're healthy. You got to finish that. He was kind of hurt himself that. though. He he said he was hurt, but he wasn't playing like he was hurt. <laughs> he said he kept he had, he had 39, eight and eight in game six. He looked fine to me. Yeah, nah, they he, they they say he was about an anchor injury, but he wasn't playing like it. Um, let's see. Let's go into something a little bit more happy. Or happy year as we wrap up the show. Uh, as the Pistons, they collect their first uh, overall number one pick in a long time. In a long time, I can't. I don't even know the last time they even had a number one overall pick. To be honest with you, uh, in the draft lottery, I, I think it might be the first time. Low key, I don't know. I don't. Don't quote me on it. It can't be the first time. They got people like Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. But the Rockets got number two pick. Uh, the Cavs got the number three, Raptors at four, Magic at five and eight, uh, OKC at six, Golden State at seven, Sacramento at nine, uh, New Orleans at 10, Charlotte at 11, uh, San Antonio at 12, uh, Indiana, my pace at 13, and Golden State Warriors at 14. Good, good, good draft picks for those, uh, especially those first four teams. I, I'm liking how the Raptors got number four pick, uh, possibly getting a guy maybe like Jalen Suggs, something going to a team with them. Um, I feel like that, uh, maybe a guard is needed or maybe a three guys needed for that team. Uh, the Pistons, and they go to get K Cunningham because they already got a good young core already with Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, and Isaiah Stewart. They got a good uh, young core right there. Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart making all rookie second team. Uh, that's gonna be nice. I tweeted out when that happened when the draft lottery was finished. I said, I see hope in Detroit Pistons fans' future. If they get it together, they got Dwayne Casey as their coach. Uh, if the organization isn't on OBS. Uh, I think they got good hope in their future. The Rockets, we always seen, we already seen them kind of getting like a top pick in the job the way their season was going after their James Harden trade. And the Cavs still hanging around that lottery ever since LeBron left. So maybe they'll, you know. Yeah, maybe they'll get a piece to help them complete it this year or something. Maybe they can get like 
I don't, I don't say them get Evan Mobley because they already got Jared Allen as a piece they like keeping. Um, I don't know. Could they already got conversation and Darius Garland too? I don't know. They, and Ozzie Coro down there with them. So I, know, I think they're good. I think they're good with guards, bro. Because conversation and Darius Garland are like the real deal. So I think for them, they need to grab a wing because I mean they've been running with Jetty Osmond, like Jetty, but they got Ozzie Coro. Coro. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you were solid. You were solid in the second half of the season. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, thing is, I'll be real with you. I don't know as much about this class because I really didn't watch that much college basketball this year. I wasn't as interested yeah. as I have been in the past. I, but, I mean, this uh, I'll get you on it too. Really good. Yeah, I'll get you on it too. I didn't I don't watch Cunningham. as much. He looks really good. Yeah, yeah. And Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs look really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From Oklahoma State. Then uh, I saw a little bit of Jalen Green. He was in the G League, so I didn't see that much of him. But I saw some of his highlights. He looks good. Um, Jalen Suggs and Gonzaga obviously were, were tough. Uh, I really don't know that much about this class. I hear it's a good class. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what I'm talking about because I really don't. I didn't really watch that much college basketball. I wasn't as into it. Now that I'm not in college and I was trying to get my life together in the middle of a pandemic, I did not make as much time for college basketball as I used to do. But well, I wasn't trying to use this you know, to really uh, talk more so about yeah. the players because, like like you said, I kind of pay as much attention to college basketball and that's one thing I like about this show is what I want to do is kind of that transparency. I'm not going to just talk as if I know stuff, talk things I actually know about, right. but more so just about the teams and where they fall at in the lottery, how, you know, they could possibly benefit them if they pick right. Like OKC, for example, the number six picks. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got a buttload of draft picks and they got some good young pieces on their team already. Over the next seven years. Yeah. So, and like I said, the Raptors will be a good, like a good number four pick. So, don't worry about stressing too much on just the players. Uh, this is if like some of the players I do know, uh, but focus more so on like just the team and like what you think about yeah. where they fall in the, in the draft lottery and what can how they could benefit them in the future. Yeah, well, the one that stands out to me the most is honestly Golden State with number seven, number fourteen. Mm-hmm. Given that this is a pretty stacked draft, I don't know all the players, like I said, but. From people who do, they say it's a pretty stacked draft, which means those seven and 14 picks could be something valuable. And I think for them, getting Clay Thompson hopefully back, you know, not from Wood, Clay Thompson comes back. Steph Curry just came off an MVP level season. Draymond Wiggins is playing good. Well, once Steph Curry, yeah, Wiggins is playing good. Steph's playing good. Kelly Oubre, he's up yeah, and wise down, man. but he's still a solid player. Wiseman had another year of experience under his belt, going to be coming back for a second season, probably going to get better. I think. You, if I'm going to stay anyway, I take those picks, I package them for a guy who's going to give me win now mentality because Steph's pushing, what, 33 now? He's 32. He's got the kind of game that ages well, 32. Yeah, so he's got the kind of game that ages well because it's not made off, he's not winning off of athleticism, he's winning off of shooting, and that's the last thing that goes. But he's still getting older. Clay Thompson's gotten injured two years in a row now. I think... You find play, Draymond's pushing 30, 30 something now, too, and he's had some injury problems as well. So, I think at this point, you could easily take those picks to your Golden State, grab some player on the market who's got an expiring deal, or is just generally looking to move teams. I don't know who that would be. Maybe how about that? Who do you think it should be? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think in my head, like, I don't really know. Who would be a good pickup for them who's on the market? Because on one hand, 
Who would you try to trade for? Just, to me. just give me a position you would try to trade for if you was to try to package a deal for them. I don't want a wing. I want a more consistent wing. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre are fine. Really? Just too up and down. So we're just too up and down for me. I would defend Wiggins on this. I feel like this year, I think this year was his most consistent year. I think with him having another year in his belt, being with Steve Kerr and the Warriors system, and kind of serving as like the second best, the second best player at that time, I think he was very good and he showed up in moments when it needed him most too. He was got he became a better three point shooter, and I think once you know Clay Thompson comes back and he goes being a third scoring option, it's gonna be even better for him. He's very, he's gonna be a better version. He's of very, he's very. Um, He's Harrison Barnes, to be honest. He's Harrison Barnes 2.0, where he's solid as, like, your third guy. And if Clay Thompson comes back, maybe that's fine. But to me, I would rather take Wiggins in those picks and see if I could get somebody a little bit better, honestly, just a little bit more consistent. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think who they could get and maybe a, a sign-and-trade for Tim Hardaway Jr. because I don't know if he's going to be able to get the money that he wants in Dallas. I don't think they will. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. more than I like Wiggins. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sorry. So you want to give a Wiggins in those two picks for Tim Hardaway Jr.? Well, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr., and some some other shit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe it could just be one-to-one for Andrew Wiggins. I don't know. My point is, I'm trying to think. There's not really anybody who I think would be a good because, like, they got guards already. They don't need any guards. I mean, maybe they won't like backup point guard, but you're not giving up those picks for just – Solid backup point guard. Um, and then you got Draymond. Then you want James Wiseman to improve. So really the only position I can think of is the three. Andrew Wiggins, I'm not told on him as the three. I've never really liked Andrew Wiggins since rookie year. He's got a lot of Ben Simmons in him. He's been the same guy since he was a rookie. He's gotten worse actually in some levels. So give me a better three. Honestly, I, I don't know who it is. That's true about, about Andrew guy. Wiggins. I think you giving Andrew Wiggins a – You look at his numbers. You look at his numbers. What his about his year was his rookie year, basically. His first, first three years is his best. It's been downhill since. If you look at the numbers, that's me. That's the stat sheet. That's what the game log and the stat sheet says. I ain't going to speak on nothing that I ain't see on paper. So, yeah. But regardless, though, I don't know who it would be. The, the funny thing about the NBA is that you think, oh, everybody seems to be happy where they're at. And then Most all of a sudden, some star player gets traded. Everybody has a great year with Steph. Who's got a hey, shut up, bro. Hey, shut up, dog. Not like that, bro. You just said Kevin was up and down. He ain't have no good year like this. Draymond got him worse from the field. Don't try to say, oh, everybody's a good year with you and Steph. Shut up, bro. You think this? I don't know what Draymond's problem is. Most efficient year, bro. 47, 48% from the field, bro. 38 from three points. Hate him. Everybody do that with Steph. It's good, though. It's good, though. How many points do you have? 18.6. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's solid. What? That's solid. What? I don't know. I don't know. What, what about you? What stands out for me? That's the one thing that stood out to me. I think everybody else, I mean, you know, the Oklahoma City Same thing. got picks on picks on picks. Same thing. So, uh, that go, when I when I was yeah. watching the lottery uh, and I saw those picks for the Golden State Warriors, that, that stood out to me. And like I said, the Pistons get no more pick with, they, with the young guys they already have already. Um, I would say that in the Raptors pick, that kind of stood out to me as well. At number four, I think it's a good spot for them. I think that's what they would need. Um, throw some love to the Magic fans, you know, the Keep Beyond's Magic fan, as well as uh, 
uh, a friend of mine named Dan. He's a Magic fan, so shout out to them. They got the five and the eighth pick. I don't know exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's what counts it out to me. And we're going to wrap up the show right there uh, for Trey Ball, episode 25. Appreciate y'all for coming in and listening or watching. Whatever you, you're tuning in to, you get to either see my beautiful face or hear George's little kiddish voice. So uh, have you have you take it? Kiddish um, voice. <laughs> hey, dog. Kiddish voice. Try to deepen your voice. Man, get going somewhere. How, how I shave and I, I still got more chin hair than you. They took the hair that would have been in these two inches of your forehead and they put it here, bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> Says the man with the widow's peak, motherfucker. Hey, Vegeta had one too. And hey. And motherfucking go. head was care. big Fuck. as hell, dog. Big as hell. But we we out of here for right now, y'all. Appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, any closing words over there? Uh, sons and foe. Wow. Oh, oh wow. You see? Hey, Clip of Hater coming out of him again, y'all. Y'all take care, man. Oh, my God, bro. Everybody, someone, I was a hater with this guy. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace out.